warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Good evening. Good evening. What's up? Not a whole lot. How are you? Uh, just fine. Great. Me too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay. tell you. I'm gonna tell you a thing. Are you up for that tonight? Uh, I guess. I got nothing else to do. Because right, uh, that's what we do here in Weird and Feared, where I tell Zach a thing, and then sometimes he tells me a thing. Yep. Not tonight, though. No, I'm I'm telling him a thing. You could say that we're thing tellers. I don't know if I like that term. Sorry. Just right. a couple, just a couple of thing tellers telling things. All right, that's about enough of that. Hey, when we talk about things, what kind of places? When we talk about places, do we usually talk about? Uh, all sorts of haunted, creepy places. You know, maybe a couple asylums or. Old hospitals. Right. Some houses. Yeah, so like, exactly. So yeah, that's part of the, uh, those things are all part of the, uh, but there's, um, as far as like places, there's kind of a trend. Not everything, but like generally speaking, there's kind of a trend of certain, the certain areas we talk about. Now, I haven't done the math on this or crunched the numbers. I'm no accountant, you know, or I don't know. I get no fancy, I get no other... Synonyms for acrobat. Right. I mean, acro- well, accountant. Like you said earlier, acrobat. we are thing tellers or whatever you yeah. said. Yeah, we're thing tellers, right? Thing tellers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, not accountants. Nope. Statisticians, we're not that either. Um, anyways, it's not important. What is important is that trend that I'm kind of talking about. Because what do a lot, admittedly not all, but a lot of the stories we tell in this program have in common. Um, all those things you talked about are included in this. Um, but a lot of those places, those like asylums or different locations, they exist in like small towns, remote locations, mm-hmm. you know, and it involve um, secluded people dealing with, you know, their secluded environment. Now, where are these secluded towns? Again, not always, but generally speaking, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about takes place in the American Midwest. And I mean, that's kind of by design. It kind of works out that way. Mm-hmm. You know, being where we are based in the Midwestern region. But, I mean, the Midwest is pretty vast. It's a very large space. Um, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it many times. The United States itself is a vast country with an exorbitant amount of space. Lots of space. There are uh, so many little nooks and crannies and nooks and cranny type towns. There really is no telling how many strange or supernatural stories are hiding among them. Also... Um, about the United States, our beloved country. Um, the United States was not always the United States. I don't know if this would come That's to a true. shock to anyone, but it was not always that. It was a right. land already teeming with countless rich and diverse native cultures. Within what is now Minnesota, 
from around 100. Oh, fuck. I ho- okay, good. I was going to say, I hope I, I did, that didn't change my numbers on me. Yeah, from 100 BC to 600 AD, woodland mound builders called a little 3.9 square mile island wedged right up against the Mississippi River, their home. In what is now Washington County, it contains the largest concentrations of mounds um, in the area. You know, Native American mounds, you know, mounds. Uh, Later, Mm -hmm. it served as home to the late Mississippian culture up until 1000 AD. So we go way back. It was a rich, you know, part of Native American, even ancient Native American cultures. Mm -hmm. Minnesota. Wasn't always Minnesota, like the states, you know. I don't yeah, know what they I'm, call it. Back I'm now, not surprised I'm not... that it's not always been Minnesota. Wouldn't it be wild if it was? This has been Minnesota for 3,000 years. What? That would be pretty crazy. <laughs> be like, huh, yeah, we, wow. we just, yeah, we just kept it. Yeah, yeah. this is a good one. All right, well, let's see, 1,000 A.D. Let's jump ahead to 1,700 A.D., the 1,700s. Um, relatively speaking, that's the modern time in comparison, but not so modern, you know what I mean. When the... Um, when the Dakota began living in the area, and then to 1830 A.D., or B.C.E., whatever you choose, you know, common eras, A.D.s, whatever you want to do. Um, whatever. Dealer's choice. Uh, in the early 1830s, a village was established by 40 families of the Ducaton Band, led by Medicine Bottle, traveling from the native settlement of Capozia in what is now South St. Paul, Minnesota. They may have been really uh, bl- wow. They may have yeah. Wow, that's rough. He <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to give up on me there. He's like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. It lets me say can't you know do cotton, but when I try to say relocating, it just gives up on me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, they may have been relocating because of the Washington treaties that were treaties signed between the Menominee and the U.S. government. Treaties that gave the United States 3,900 square miles of their land in Wisconsin. Now, I'm just speculating that they were moving further away from an encroaching federal government, but maybe not. Um, Google Maps tells me that it is a seven-hour walk there. So, like, basically, from South St. Paul to where they were going, it's only like a seven-hour walk. Which, in walking terms, isn't that long of a walk, considering there was no other way to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, you can ride things that walk. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's like a 14-minute car ride in modern time, so that kind of gives you the distance of how far away it is. Yeah. Um, I mainly mentioned the treaty because this is during Andrew Jackson's presidency, and he is pursuing a very proactive anti-Native American agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, little facts about the place they came from. Caposia means lightweight, which historians infer to mean those traveling there um, packed light as it was a summer camp. So, you know, those arriving would not have had uh, too many belongings with them. So, you know, just kind of a, you know, a stop along the way. All right. So um, this band of Mducatan, Dakota, lived on the island until the Treaty of 1837. Now, this, again, this is the time of Andrew Jackson. So this treaty gave more native lands to the U.S. government while allowing natives to still be able to hunt and fish on these lands. Um, But... Here was a little a side note. Um, Native American land rights in Minnesota. I took a little detour down this road. I had to kind of cut myself off. Things I should learn, but maybe not include in the Supernatural podcast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but, you know. Oh, I can. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's just a thing. Yeah. 
Um, but I included this because it's, you know, it's shocking, but it's not because, you know, this is America. But natives were still getting in trouble for doing this. You know, they were given permission to, f- to do these things on these native lands, but um, the wildlife, you know, police, the, uh, you know, in charge of these territories, were still giving them grief about, you know, not the proper permits or what they're allowed to do when the treaty said they were allowed to. So this was still in dispute. Um, the nature of the treaty, until a court case settled the matter for the tribes in 1999. Oh, <sighs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we, I guess that's okay. They can do this. That's 150 I mean, it's a, years. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, nobody really just decided to talk about it, evidently. And then when it came in front of somebody, they're like, you know what? It does say that. Huh. Oh, my huh. God. Weird. Yeah, it's, you know, America things. Anyways, the Dakota lands that were given to the United States in the Treaty of 1837 were everything east of the Mississippi. This forced the settlers of this island, you know, because they were migrating native peoples, um, to relocate yet again, with pioneer settlers soon taking up residence in the bark houses now abandoned by the Umducan. So, you know, moving out, moving in. Uh-huh. Uh, Many of these pioneers um, were French fur traders. Soon, several fur traders of French descent began calling the island their home, but not before some married in to the Umtacatans. A chief, the son of famed Dakota leader Wabash, had a daughter who was named Grey Cloud Woman. Now, a fur trader married this woman, and they too would go on to have a daughter whom they named Margaret. But Margaret would also be referred to as a Grey Cloud Woman as her native name. And it is from her name that the island would gain its current moniker, for it was named by her son-in-law in her honor, and he called it Gray Cloud Island. Straightforward. Straightforward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was an island that many people tried to turn into a metropolis, again, the pioneer settlers and their descendants, but instead of bustling with commercial activity, it was just a bust. Uh, in 1847, uh, the Gray Cloud Kiln was built and used to melt limestone down for quicklime, which was used as a material for mortar and fertilizer. So it was a giant, um, it's a giant, you know, kiln. If you Google pictures of it, it's kind of old, creepy looking, but it was one of the first, like, biggest things built in the area. Um, the kiln was standing for a long time, and it still stands to this day, um, but only partially because a recent flood has obliterated it, and it stands as like a half-mangled pile of rubble. Um, but that was recent, within the past few years. So it, you know, it had a had a good run for a kiln. Yeah, not too bad. Oh, we'll uh, we'll take it. Um, in 1856, Great Cloud City was established. But when the Panic of 1857 hit, all hopes of the city flourishing were destroyed. Again took a little deep dive on the Panic of 1857. It was an economic panic that started when Britain circumvented having gold and silver back up their paper currency, and in conjunction with this, the ship the SS Central America crashed, carrying in in 1857 money $8 million worth of gold. So just kind of, goodbye. It's a little good chunk of change. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1857 money. So how much was this in 2019 money? Guess, you know, any oh. estimates? Yeah, 
Right. So I did that, that was that eight million in eighteen fifty seven. You didn't do the conversion yet. Not yet. No. Right. Oh wow, that's a lot of money then. It's it is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good I mean, chunk. that's already a lot of money, but. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know what that turns into. Uh, $550 million. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Yeah. Like I said, a good chunk of change. Yeah. So that's you know, fine. Some walking around money. Yeah, just yeah, just something to have. Just some spending change, you know. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case money. My emergency fund. $550 yeah. million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's not like anyone wanted that gold or that that... Or that the, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not like anyone wanted that gold or, you know, any banks were counting on it or anything like that. Or that the Ohio Life Insurance and Trust Company failed, which caused a cascading effect that damaged railroad companies and many companies were tied up in the railroads, which led to massive layoffs of uh, layoffs and property being devalued. It's not like any of that happened. You know, it's, it was of totally, a, totally didn't happen. Totally was fine. Um. Anyways, um, bank managers fucked up and tanked the economy because they were all, you know, doing risky business. So, like, they were depending on this $550 million to keep everything they were doing afloat. But I read into it and they were, like, doing, like, you know, some shady shit. I don't know if that surprises you. You Maybe that's a shocker that bankers were doing risky things with money. I don't know. Mm, That does. Yeah, I'm very (laughs) shocked by that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I was sitting down when I read that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so they uh, they fucked up and tanked the economy. So it's a good thing. It's a, I mean, I'm just saying it's a good thing that has never happened again, if it even did happen, and that everyone learned from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? And that's treated as, like, because um, communication was fast, that's treated as, like, the first, like, you know, like, global-type economic panic. And by reading what I've been reading, um, they just keep doing it. It just keeps happening. Oh, yeah. For a hundred and some years. Well, I mean, you know, the recession and then even before that, these risky mm-hmm. business dealings with the... It just keeps happening. Anyways. Well, it's a it's almost like It's almost like it's an intentional cycle used to have people invest when the market drops and then make a lot more money. Anyways. Huh. Almost. That might not be true. Just, we don't need to talk about these conspiracies. We're talking about something else. Good. So anyways, this catastrophe uh, spawning from New York killed this city and its crib, and it remains very rural to this day. Um, That, of course, being Great Cloud City. In 2010 census, uh, Great Cloud Township had only 300 residents. Also, uh, climate change has caused the island, um, which used to have 3,800 acres, to uh, diminish and only have 2,000 acres because of rising water levels kind of shrinking so mm-hmm. i mean that's interesting right kind of oh, yeah. you know just factual you know didn't quite know about this area and now we kind of have a little taste of it but that's not mm-hmm. particularly spooky i just told you facts right okay here's some more facts uh the great cloud cemetery was established in 1873 and there is a very strict guy there are very strict guidelines as to who can be buried there. You can only be a local or already have family buried there to be buried there yourself. And there's just something about the vibe of the place. Something feels off. But I'm sure it's fine. 
The island only has the largest collection of Molins in the entire area and an extensive history of Native American civilizations dating back thousands of years. I'm sure everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Also, something that is fine, it's an island. By default, they are surrounded by water. You know, it's an island. That's true. They are. <laughs> Entirely. Entirely surrounded by water. Now, yep. science tells us that water has a predisposition to absorb negative auras and energy. That's what science, science. says. That's what science, science. says, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about this kind of science. You specifically have talked about this kind of science in our Cemetery mm-hmm. Fates episode. Yes. Water is also a conductor of electricity, and spirits need energy to thrive. Based again on what I know about science and facts, it makes sense that if a spirit can mess with electronics, that water would be malleable for the same reasons. I mean, it makes sense if you follow it down that road. It does, and we are. <laughs> it's a lot of yep. logic. A lot of logic, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on here. Again, science. we're on a, Yeah, exactly. We are on an island. That may play a factor. Could also explain why people feel uneasy because, you know, that's a side effect of a strong electromagnetic current, you know, on mortal beings such as you or I. Uneasiness, a little paranoia, you kind of look it over your shoulder. You know, if you're next to like a power generator or something, you can kind of feel off if there's enough energy coming out of it. Mm -hmm. So water conducts the energy of evil and perhaps dead souls. You may feel that. It's possible. That kind of brings... Oh, so this brings us to uh, another episode's worth revisiting if our loyal listeners have not listened to this one previously. It's another episode you had told me when you when you were telling me a thing. Um, it's the episode on the Will-O-Wisp and Stingy Jack of Jack-O-Lantern fame. Uh-huh. Because one of the things people see on this island is a green light. It can be seen roaming the cemetery. Imagine kind of a creepy, almost musty light if light can be musty, I just you know if that channels it for you, um, like mm-hmm. I'm picturing a green light with a yellow tinge to its outer glares, kind of faint, going through like the murky, um, maybe fog coming off the waters around the island or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may very well not look like that, but from the stories that I read about it, that's kind of the vibe. Um, but the reports say that it is a green, that it is green, and wanders around the cemetery, roads, woods. Basically everywhere in the surrounding areas. So this green lantern, this green orb has been seen just kind of going about its business. And um, that's what people say. Some say it is just an orb. Others claim to have seen a man carrying it within a lantern. And that this man is a former Indian chief of the area. Because of course he is. Some people claim to have seen other noticeably different orbs hovering around the local terrain. People also say, and clearly people say a lot, that Grey Cloud, woman herself, wanders the area, even though she and her mother are not buried here, but buried on the Sioux Reservation. That is but one example of the creepiness that fills this island, but the website hauntedrooms.com has some more. And I'm going to, well, if you're willing, I'm going to tell you some of these things. Okay. Because one account or story 
says that uh, people have trouble counting a certain row of tombstones. That's uh, a, like a row of 12. And then they never seem to be in the same spot, so you'll count them. And then when you look back, you'll be like, wait, was that one there? Did that one go away? It always kind of seems different. Um, okay. And that, and that apparitions of children have been spotted following other children trying to count them. Um, one of the stories they said was that a, a woman was watching her kid counting tombstones. This is a fun thing to do. And then, like, she saw... Family mother picnic saw, day. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey, go, hey, Jimmy, go count the tombstones. One mm-hmm. dead person, two <laughs> dead persons. Well, uh-huh. don't, maybe don't count them that way. Just count, count in your head. It's a quiet counting game. So then as, as uh, Jimmy was doing the quiet counting game, his mother spotted, like, a child spirit, like, kind of hovering by him, just, like, you know, probably interested in what he was doing. Are you counting me? I'm dead. Oh, Jesus, ghost. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so that's, that's one account. Uh, getting back to spirits and electricity and technology, cars have been known to lose power in the cemetery and are only known to restart once they have been pushed, pulled, or dragged beyond its perimeter gates as if freeing them from the clutches of a nefarious supernatural captor. So... Cemetery is going to shut your car down. Yeah. Some cars, however, do not die, but come to life. Oh, like Christine? Possibly. Quite possibly. Except, well, what if... Well, I'll tell you. There are several stories right. of, a, of a phantom white pickup truck that materializes and gives chase to trespassers it deems not worthy of being on the island. More on that later. But, uh, okay. yeah. Chris- Christine is a real car, but evidently this is a phantom truck that comes out of nowhere and just tries to come get you. And I didn't write it in here because I knew it would remember, but it reminds me of one of that, of that early Supernatural episode with the haunted truck. I think it's like season one, if you remember that one. It like runs people over Vaguely. and like runs them off the road. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one by chance? Yeah, I think so. It's... Okay. It's been a while, obviously. I mean, it's really, yeah. it's really, it's one of the really, um, it's a really old one, especially since there's 15 years of that show. My God. Yeah. All right. But getting back to the roots of the island, beating drums are also heard. There is a claim that people hear coyotes on the island. Now, I personally don't know why this was noteworthy or even worth mentioning because coyotes are everywhere. But hey, it was mentioned that this seems like a spooky thing, these coyotes on the island. I mean, it's, it's a pretty island. big island. If it was a smaller island, I would say that, you know, maybe they they don't have a natural population. But with it being like three miles, I would think that there'd be coyotes there. Right. I would also agree with you. Um, they also say that they've seen a woman clad in full Dakota dress. And while there are, while there are tales of ancient Native American spirits... Manifesting on the island, one apparition has a more modern flair. The one of the smoking man wearing a red flannel shirt and an orange hat who carries within his grasp a rifle. Hmm. Hmm. It's a very specific guy. He's, you know, they've hammered him out. Now, you could say... That this was just a man, you know, patrolling the grounds, right? Just some guy who's walking the island. Looks like a hunter. He's got his orange hat, his rifle. Could just be a local walking from his buddy's house or whatever. Well, Mm -hmm. 
I say to you, how could this be a normal man if he was also translucent and could vanish at will? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I can't uh, do that. Yeah, maybe Daryl's just got some special. Yeah, maybe Daryl knows something we don't. Yeah. All right, well. He's been spotted. Daryl might not be the the greatest guy because he's been spotted creeping in a woman's back seat when she looks in her rearview mirror. But upon turning around, he is nowhere to be seen. That'd be alarming. I'd It'd be, be startled. I would not like that. I may get out of my car at that point. Stop it. Just like while, all right, while rolling. Just oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and then like, oh fuck, I'm on an island. No, my car. <laughs> yeah. Or or a phantom, then a phantom pickup truck comes out of nowhere and just T-bones it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. This, this sucks. Right. Yeah, like, oh, man. And then there's just like a ghost kid like looking at you. Like, oh, there's a fucking ghost kid. Great. Why am I on this island again? Yeah. Why did I come here? For oh, I heard there was ghosts. Yeah, I heard there was ghosts. That's why I came here. Turns out there is. Great. Uh, Speaking of ghosts, another spirit that you can count among the translucent is a man on his motorcycle. A ghost rider, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he had a flaming skull for a head. He was just a translucent man, but hey. On the island, uh, there is also a summer camp that many have claimed to have been a base for the KKK. More on that later. Yeah, more on that later. Okay. Also, continue on just creepy stories that people have heard on the island. There seems to also be random screams. uh, And then ghosts of women mourning for their children by their uh, gravestones. And then tales of creepy girl whispers that people can hear telling them not to come back. Okay. That would be alarming. Now, these stories kind of circle the internet. And uh, people um, make journeys. They travel here. Locals aren't too thrilled about it. They don't like the fact that their island is this ghost destination, or that it's even mentioned in any ghost talks. They're not, they're not huge fans of the situation. But people still want to come there. I'm going to tell you a little brief um, snippet of one writer's adventure. His name is Andrew Stark from CityPages.com. He tried to get a tour of the island, but his guide bailed on him. Like, it was all set up. And then, like, so he goes, he's like, hey, man, I'm coming out tomorrow. And then, like, he got no answer, got no answer. And then when he picked up the phone, um, finally he got a hold of the guy, and the guy's like, "Yeah, man, my the, my friends here, like they don't want anybody here. We can't, I can't be giving this tour. Like they'll be pissed off at me. This is not going to be good. So, good luck." Huh. But Andrew, you know, he has the internet, and he's a writer, so he has his wits about him. You know, puts together his own little travel plan, and he decided to travel to the island himself with his girlfriend at his side. Um, so they go on a little j- adventure. Okay, they go on a journey. They drive mm-hmm. to the island. Now, this island, like I said, things it's kind of a, a bust. There's not much here. There's no real commerce or lodging to speak of. Maybe a few things here and there, but it's not like it's literally just like graveyards, maybe woods and like people's houses and like a lake. There may even, in fact, be, I think there is also, which we'll get into later, um, like some mining was on the island. So like, there's like a mining lake, you know, of a, of a pit or whatever. But like not much mm-hmm. is, it's basically not much is going on here. All right. But when the couple, um, Andrew and his um, lady friend 
came onto the island, they came across a, a, uh, a rundown bar called Doc's Landing, where they met the bartender. His name was Kevin, and they asked him, Kevin, is the island really haunted? This was Kevin's response. Fuck yeah, man. This place is fucking haunted. <laughs> awesome. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. So the writer's like, all right. So he, uh, you know, he has his suspicions that he thinks Kevin's drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So he asked it Kevin happens. again. It, it does happen. It's true. He asked Kevin again, um, like haunted as in like the bar. And then Kevin. Dax is haunted as fuck, brother. <laughs> <laughs> These are his quotes. These are his quotes. Yeah, I didn't make up Doc's. I didn't make up uh, Kevin's quotes. No, those, <laughs> that's what he quoted him saying in the article. Um, nice. And then here's some. Uh, Kevin's going to tell a little story. Okay. Mm-hmm. This room here, over here, he says, he being Kevin, and he goes kind of like he gestures, kind of in a wild manner. After closing one night, and I'm the only one here. Get it? I lie down for a nap. And all of a sudden, I shit you not, the loudest fucking racket you've ever heard coming from the kitchen wakes me up, right behind my fucking head. P- pots and pans and all kinds of shit clanging around like a fucking bomb went off. Scared the living fuck out of me, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Um, he's enthusiastic. He's very enthusiastic. These are probably the only yeah. people he's talked to all day. And he's had a few and he's like, yeah, well, okay, here we are. Let's have a conversation. Here we go. Yeah. So Kevin carries on. The place I'm renting. I ain't from here. I'm from down Florida. I just came up here to bartend, but I'm renting the boss's place. The old brothel. Rough commute. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Like going from Florida to work at this bar. I feel like there's a lot more going on in Kevin's life that we're not privy to. Probably. But uh, did you? We're um, not here to pry. No. Did you catch the last part of that last sentence I said by chance? I did not. I was too preoccupied with no. him going from Florida to work in a bar in Minnesota. That's fine. It's still worth talking about. Um, but to, uh, yeah, I mean, does, was he like, did he get like, was he on a different path and then needed to get a job somewhere? Or is he just kind of roam? Like he says he's from Florida, but like when was the last time he's been in Florida? <laughs> Maybe a while. Yeah. All right. Well. He, uh, yeah, the last, he just came up to the bartend, but I'm renting the boss's place, the old brothel. Okay. Yep. And our writer goes like, brothel? And Kevin, brothel, yeah. Edge of the property there. Fucking place is haunted as fuck. Shit you not. Man. He's He's got a a very, uh, very diverse vocabulary. It's uh, it's real good. Every night I hear Sorry, shit. That's, I'm that's, fucking... That tends to be what my vocabulary <laughs> diverts to when I get really drunk anyways, too. It's true. I mean, unfor- yeah, I mean, I was going to say unfortunately, but it's just something that happens. I mean, yeah, you know. Every night I hear shit. I'm fucking terrified, brother. <laughs> and you got to say it that way. Doors open and slam shut. I hear footsteps coming up the stairs. Heavy footsteps, whisperings. Fuck. <laughs> I mean well, I'm laughing at the way he's being interviewed but all these things he's saying are terrifying they are scary right imagine this has yeah. happened to you and somebody came by and actually asked you about it and you're like yeah this place is fucking horrifying 
Mm-hmm. Well, the um, well. I have there, yeah. I mean, that's basically all my Kevin quotes. But so then the story goes that like you know Kevin takes him into like the brothel or the the place where he's living, and they notice that um, inside the building, um, it's it just is it is pretty creepy. Kevin mentions that he's never been in the basement. He's like you know I don't want to put words in Kevin's mouth, but he's like fuck that. So like he's not going into the basement basically. And then they notice that like he has doors, he has chairs wedged under like every door and I'm in the house, so nothing can get in. Huh. And then well, that, one final Yeah, that'd be I mean that doesn't look good. You're like, oh, I just came to ask you about this, but you already have all of these Yeah, it's like, like uh oh okay. blocked. Right. Oh, you've already been fighting. And what if Kevin knew more about like speaking to supernatural? What if there's like salt all over the ground and he's got like angel writings on the walls? Like, Kevin, are you okay? It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, brother. <laughs> fucking demons at the windows. Uh-huh. Um, last Kevin quote is, of course, I'm fucking terrified. And, um, oh, the couple had been driving around in, like, golf carts, because I guess there was, like, a golf, Mississippi, like, golf dunes, like, a place you could rent golf carts or whatever to just drive around. Um, and then, of course, Doc's land, because they were, that's how they kind of got there, I guess. Um, but, uh, the dunes, the golf dunes, where they bought those golf carts they are driving around on, and Doc's landings are now closed. So, uh, about that brothel. Um, this is from that same article. William C. Uh, Dobler, Debler. He was 73 years old, and uh, in 2017, he was accused by people who used to work for him of battery, sexual harassment, and retaliation. The man was found guilty. Okay. Um, that that writer I mentioned had found this snippet from a Star Tribune article. Um, according to District Judge Mary Hannon's order, incidents included sexual grabbing and Debler's invitations to have sex. Some of the exchanges occurred at his nearby home, which he called the brothel. Now, a lot of things oh, to so unpack in that. Wasn't yeah. actually a brothel. No, the I man guess who that lived makes it sense did... since it's in Minnesota. Right. Those aren't really a thing there. I don't think. No. And um, or it could have been like an ancient one, but I mean, it's more terrifying that a modern that a man was just calling his house the brothel. Don't like it. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Don't no. like it. Want to come? Want to come over to my house? Kevin's like, yeah. What's your house? It's the brothel. You want to live there? Uh, well, I just told you I didn't have a home. I feel like you're exploiting me. Come live in the brothel. All right. And then Kevin. <laughs> and then, and then Kevin Do I have to work in the brothel? You work in a bar across the street. Oh, okay. Oh, that's better, I guess. Yeah, oh, <laughs> what a good commute, I suppose. <laughs> All right, now, we're reaching the point in the episode, because there's a lot of stories about this place. But a lot of them are kind of just vague and, like, you know, second-hand, third-hand sources. Well, we're going to move on to... um some social media posts, perhaps from um, Reddit and online reviews of creepy places. I'm going to read you with some of these guys, and we'll see how that goes. All right. All right. While visiting Minnesota back in 2014-2015, my Great Cloud experience, along with other strange encounters throughout my stay, was the most unnerving. A friend I had made actually grew up there, living on the island, and his parents still lived there at the time, although this particular weekend, they were away. 
The weird shit started one day when my friend Joey brought others and myself to his home there to hang out and told us about the stories, legends, history of the island, and was even able to prove to us that without a doubt this place was haunted. The first thing he did when we entered through the island gates was drive us by what was explained to us as an old schoolhouse and warn us that it was now a known KKK meeting place and that they were very protective of their property and are known to chase people away with guns. All right. Okay. It, it had just gotten dark outside when another friend of ours, we'll call Matt, begged to let him check it out, so we parked about 200 feet away. The school looked empty and seemed unoccupied. We all got out and walked across a huge lawn toward the building. We could hear dogs barking and growling from the wooded area, but saw none. Later, Joey claimed dog noises were a frequent paranormal event in that exact area. Now, I don't know. I mean, I would just assume a dog was barking, but I'm going to continue on with the story. Like, I just because just I don't see the dog doesn't mean it's a ghost dog, even though I would maybe hope it's a ghost dog. Right. Actually, I don't, I don't hope it's a ghost dog. I do not want... I would be terrified if I saw a ghost dog because I would not be able to beat that thing. It would get me. I mean, what if you're just nice to it? I mean, my first reaction would maybe to... Yeah, I guess like any normal dog, don't show it fear. You can pet it. Yeah. Like, oh, look, a dog. Yeah. It's not it's a got glow- hound. It's just a ghost <laughs> dog. <laughs> it's a giant black beast with glowing red eyes going, ah! Like, ah, what a cute, <laughs> what a cute puppy. Just don't show fear. Yeah, just maybe let it sniff your you? hand. I don't know. Yeah, just, <laughs> just just put it out. He sniffs it. He rubs it. You give him a little pet. His snarl stops a little bit. You itch behind his ear, and before you know it, he's on the ground scratching his balls. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Good dog. All right. So, right as we reach the building, you know this KKK meeting place, to look inside the windows, a silhouette of a large man appeared in the window in front of us, as if he had been on the floor, but stood up to look outside. Creepy, but how often yeah. do you just hang out in buildings on the ground and then just stand up to freak people out? More than you'd think. Okay, fair enough. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> We all screamed and ran as fast as we could back to the car and took off. I not dared, I dared not to glance back. After this, my friend took us to a very old cemetery. Because after this, like, hey, guys, guys want to keep going for a drive? Sure. Was that scary enough? Let's keep <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's go to the cemetery. We had to walk down a fairly long trail dirt road to come upon it, the gated off cemetery. Because I think it's a private cemetery, which is, those are, that's, you know, scary in its own right. Um, along the way, we heard beating drums coming from multiple directions deep in the adjacent woods that would start and stop without any rhythm, it seemed. Walking through the cemetery, my friend told us of a known witch who was buried there, and when we found her gravesite, he pointed out how he knew which one was hers. The fact that there was grass covering every inch of the grounds except for the top of her grave. Apparently, no grass has ever been able to grow above her. Hmm. I remember her name was Amelia. I mean, Matt tried to provoke her to come out by laying down and rolling on, then even spitting on her gravesite while taunting her. Wow. I mean, that's... Let's just, let's just... <laughs> All right. So how I often mean, do you... bold. How often do you go to anyone's gravesite and taunt their spirit by rolling on them, pissing on them? Oh, pissing. He didn't piss on them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spitting wow, on yeah. them. <laughs> he wasn't that. I mean, yeah. He wasn't I mean, that aggressive about it. 
No, the uh, the pissing might be Plan B. Ah, I mean, on the... I've I've never done that. Yeah, good. Nor have I. I mean, yeah, I don't right, plan so on our... doing that anytime soon. No, and uh, it's I think not in my our... current agenda. No, it's not the best thing to do. I mean, our uh, narrator. Um, he says, let me say right here, I was extremely against that behavior and did voice my opinion a few times. It's just, I can just imagine that conversation. Come on, man. Yeah. Stop what, I'm trying to taunt the witch. Yeah, man, but get off the ground. Yeah. What are you doing? Stupid witch rolls around. God, what is that supposed to do? Mm-hmm. All right. A week later, he told me he had been alone in his room chilling on his bed. It just says chilling. I like that. Chilling on his bed when his hand was suddenly tugged. He claims that the very second it was tugged, Amelia came straight to his mind and he felt her presence. Now, you think I'd be done telling this story or reading this to you, but it continues. Because these guys, they, they decide not to, they just don't quit. A week after that, Amelia came through to us via Ouija board. That's what they're doing now. Uh, okay. That's that's fine. So what did Amelia do? She named herself, answered GC when asked where she was buried, Grey Cloud, and made it clear she wanted Matt. Oh, she wanted Matt. Huh. Maybe, um, maybe she wasn't offended by Matt's advances, and she tried to grab his hand. Maybe that kind of got her. I mean, I'm just, I don't want to put words into this ghost's mouth, but... Maybe she wanted Matt, if you know what I mean. Maybe. Yeah. When we asked why, she replied with the words lay and spit. Those are the things he did. Mm Mm-hmm. And she clearly spelled out a few times how she wanted Matt. I can't... Wow, Jesus Christ. I can't remember what else was asked or answered, but I do remember thinking that each response we received amazed me. Side note, years later when I reached out to Matt on Facebook to say hello, he told me that ever since that Ouija night, his life has been a series of bad luck, losses, depression, and chaos, and is convinced he was cursed by Amelia. I mean... Come on, dude. What were you doing? I mean, isn't it just common sense to not spit on somebody's grave? Right. And someone you suspect to be a witch, they could still be watching you. I just, I just love that whole character arc of Matt there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, this is a good idea. She's not gonna do anything. Up, oh, yeah, oh, go- she ruined my life. Oh God, yeah. And like when someone writes someone's life fell into chaos and gives no descriptors, I can only, I mean, we're left to imagine. Uh, Later in the evening, our group of friends split into two groups. My group went to the garage to play Ouija. What are you guys doing? And the the others went outside to sit around the bonfire. Yeah, because they're like, nah, it's okay. I'm going to go out here, guys. Yeah. Well, using the board, a woman came through who told us that she had lived there and that she died by axe and water. When we finished and went to join Joey and friends outside, we all genuinely freaked out when Joey started telling us how a woman used to live there was murdered and found in the river behind the house. I mean, yeah, if those were two unrelated events, like coinciding, like you're like, oh, this was weird. And then you get out there and he's telling the story. I'd be like, 
Well, that's weird. I'd be like, all right, can we leave? Are we done here? Have we had enough? Also, I've never, I've jokingly suggested to my friends, let's go play Ouija. No one ever says, yes, let's go do it. And I don't push it further than that. Let's go play Ouija. Mm-hmm. No. All right. And if, right. The, everybody, and if everybody was like, yeah, let's do it, I'm, I'd probably be the one that'd be like, oh, I was kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. I don't oh, actually no. have a Ouija board. It's like, oh, no. Um, so since leaving Minnesota, I have looked up Grey Cloud on the internet, and I'm shocked at how many other people have had the same ex- exact experiences. S- exact same experiences? You're, how many people's friends roll on the ground and spit on people's graves? I hope that's not that common. I mean, if you're rolling around with a group of people that does that, I don't know. I feel like the right, one guys. guy, you're like, oh, man, this guy always pushes it too far. You know, that's Matt. <laughs> that's like, cool, that's fine, but it's like, your entire friend group is just out doing that, and it's like, well, maybe it's time oh, for some I'm... new friends. Well, imagine, <laughs> imagine if you're new to town, and like you just hook up with this like clique of people, and like oh, I like these guys, they're cool. It's like, yeah, we're going out to hang out at the cemetery tonight. Awesome. Yeah, it's our weekly roll around. You're like, what? Yeah, we're, it's our roll around. No, you'll get it when we, you get there. We roll on the witch's grave every week. Yeah. Oh, and taunt her. Oh, yeah, Matt spits on her. Oh, do I have to do that? If you want to be cool. Oh. <laughs> this is t- yeah, no. Nah, I'm good. Maybe I'm not cool. Because now I'm imagining a bunch of like tough jock dudes with their Letterman jackets. Yeah, we're going to roll around. This new kid's like, oh, this is what the cool kids do? Roll around and spit on witches' graves? You guys are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so this guy continues and just says that, you know, in his mind, it's a hot spot for spirits. There is no doubt. And then um, he urges anyone thinking about visiting to use extreme caution, but be especially respectful. There is life after death. Don't be the next asshole who gets cursed. It's fair. Fair. It is fair. All right, another story. Hi there. A good friend of mine lives in Newport and often goes for drives on Grey Cloud. While innocently parked with her husband, she didn't hear rumors of any hauntings at the time, by the fishing bridge, a white truck with two idiots driving pulled up behind them, put on ski masks, and headed for their car. Of course they left. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, goodbye. They have seen the have white... Ro- I wouldn't have rolled down the window and be like, mm, could I help you, gentlemen? Yeah, hello? Oh, sure. <laughs> Are you gentlemen lost? I'm here with my husband. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have seen the white, quote, phantom truck several times. I think it's terrible that this so-called wonderful little community condones such hostile and childish behavior of the residents. So a few other stories get into this, too, but, that you know, the explanation for the phantom truck is this, like, specific specific people who have a white truck who just try and run people off. But it seems to come out of nowhere. But, I mean, if, if, we, if, if the car is parked and the headlights just flip on and come at you, I mean, you could call that a phantom truck. I mean, I would, you know what I mean, like, Oh, where the fuck did that come from? I didn't see that truck there. Right. The um the guys jumping up with ski masks on their faces seem to be some next level shit, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh he this story goes this uh commenter goes on to say those jerks better be careful whose car they walk up on, especially wearing masks. Phantom white truck? What a joke. We may read about them haunting yeah, the island one day. Right. Right, I mean, you walk up to the wrong car, you're uh, gonna have a bad day. Yeah, imagine this, like you the 
you walk up to the window and then yeah, the window rolls down and then you're just like uh oh, boom, yeah. <laughs> the end. What's that? Boom. Yeah. We may read about them haunting the island one day. For Pete's sake, it's not a private island. There is a cemetery. Oh wow, he just made that insinuation. The <laughs> those ghosts, yeah. those yeah, somebody could blow them away and make them ghosts. Oh. <laughs> uh, right, right. If somebody kills them, they actually yeah. will be ghosts. Uh, there's a cemetery with people's loved ones in it that do not live on that godforsaken stinky river island. Oh my god, that's not nice to say. <laughs> godforsaken stinky <laughs> river island. Uh, family who may actually want to visit them, not to mention those with Native American heritage and lineage relating to it. It's a public island with fishing and roads and, yes, maybe some ghosts. Why shouldn't folks be allowed to enter? There should be a monthly paranormal group meeting on the island with all invested, in, interested, invited. Yeah, what are they going to do when you're not using private land? Give more idiots in mass that threaten folks? You know, come to think of it, didn't the KKK use the Don white masks? Hmm. But also, um, he mentions it here, that there's also, like, cameras on the island, like, all over it in front of certain, like, houses or, like, in front of the cemetery. So, like, people are watching shit. Mm-hmm. All right, and this next post is, comes from our beloved Reddit from Col, Colopterology, Coleopterology. Is that a real word? That's a guy's name. I don't know what that is. Not that I know of, but All right. I don't know every word. <laughs> true. It's true. It's true. Me neither. It's a statement. It's, I, right. It's, you don't, <laughs> right. It's true. I started this section, uh, this quote from his section, because he entitled this part the weird shit section, which I felt was appropriate for us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on to the more recent stuff. The island's few residents are very secretive and suspicious of outsiders. They have reason, I suppose, since the online rumors lead to a lot of stupid teenagers fucking around in the cemetery and such. The police patrol the roads of the island regularly and will sometimes even stop cyclists to question their reason for visiting. There is also a large gravel mining operation on the southern half of the island. Over the past 60 years, the company has slowly dug up huge portions of the island, creating a massive lake that now occupies the middle of the island, likely destroying more native burial sites in the process. The company is very wary of potential trespassers and patrol the island in white company pickup trucks. This explains the ghostly pickup stories. Uh-huh. I understand they don't want people messing with mining operations, but they seem a little over-paranoid to me. All right, now here are a, a couple of specific incidents um, that his friend and him have experienced while exploring the island. One summer day, about two years ago, my friend and I were hiking along the north side of the lower island. Since it is so sparsely inhabited, the island is actually a great place for wildlife. So we were bird-watching and collecting insects as we hiked. We came across a long-abandoned field that was slowly reverting to the prairie that had covered the island 200 years ago. As I was pursuing a butterfly... It's a fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I just love... We... So what were you guys doing on the island? Butterflies. I was catching butterflies. I hope that's what he told the police officer. Officer, I'm pursuing butterflies. If he came across a police officer. I stumbled over something partly hidden in the grass. 
I reached on to examine what it was and found an animal's skull about as long as my hand and almost completely cleaned of its skin. This, again, uh-huh. raises, no, this raises no red flags or anything. My friend collects no. skulls and bones, so I happily informed him of my find. It's fine. It's a hobby. Okay, yeah. He quickly determined that it had belonged to a domestic dog. As we looked closer, we found about four or five cervical vertebrae beneath the grass. We scoured the area for more bones, but we found nothing else. Normally, I have no issues with bones. Me neither. Mm -hmm. But it slowly started dawning on us that what we had just discovered, a dog's head and neck bones, and not with not a single other bone around. Somebody had decapitated a dog and left its head here in the field. This may give some credibility to the Satanist rumors. Maybe it's the power of suggestion, but once I realized what this skull probably was, I felt uneasy. Well, it was in my presence. Decapitated dog. Is that what Satanists really do? Do they decapitate dogs? They decapitate dogs... Clean them of all their flesh and skin and muscles and just chuck them in a field, I guess. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. That's the ritual, huh? I guess. Yeah, it's called the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's called the uh, the dog toss. The dog head toss. The dog toss. The dog toss. Yeah, that implies like a whole dog. That's just a head. Unless... What if the actual name of the ritual is the headless dog toss... Oh, <laughs> we don't, don't need. Like we don't need. Yeah, we don't need this. If this throw the dog's body, done. Oh, hmm. his other uh, story. The whole island is littered with old dumps where farmers would put all their trash from the late 1800s into the 1960s. These are great places to find antique bottles and such, so we frequently visit them. Earlier this year, my friend was excavating an old dump maybe 15 to 20 yards off the main road, back far enough into the woods that he could still see the road from where he was. But cars couldn't really see him. Suddenly, a small drone appeared and kept buzzing around above him. About 15 minutes later, a woman walking a dog came down the road. She was visibly distressed and was walking back and forth almost aimlessly, looking very unnatural overall. My friend was getting uneasy at this point and sat motionlessly, watching the woman from his spot in the woods. The loud, staticky noise of a walkie-talkie coming from the direction of the woman interrupted the silence. She immediately reached to turn down the volume and stared into the woods almost directly at my friend, as if she knew he were there and had heard the noise. He was pretty freaked out now and packed up his stuff and snuck out through the back of the woods and hauled ass to his car. Huh. It's a little weird. Learning a little bit about the people who live on this island. Mm -hmm. They're starting to become a character in our narrative here. Another account. One time my friend and I tried to find a location on the island called Medicine Woods that was mentioned in early books on the area. This was a site that was sacred to the Dakota and was from what we could determine somewhere on the northeastern corner of the island. On our hike from the main road, the landscape slowly changed from open fields to woodland to denser forest. After maybe half a mile, we reached a section of the forest where the understory opened up. 
The trees here were very large and looked much older than those where we had been walking before. The whole forest suddenly became eerily quiet. In front of us were a handful of large, gently sloping piles of earth. We had stumbled some of the last remaining native burial mounds. We didn't stick around very long, partly out of deference, deference, but mostly out of the eerie and unsettling feeling the place brought us. It's a little secluded nook and cranny in the woods with some mounds. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, huh. those were some pretty um, in-depth and extensive, you know, citations of experiences people have had um, at Great Cloud Island. Some people have feelings about the island, um, about their encounters, maybe not as long. From Ani Makes Dubstep, a beautiful Reddit okay. user. Dude, my mom and I got lost here. Dude, dude, I was like six. That place is spooky as fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Good. All mm-hmm. right. Well, somebody else has a little lengthier comment. A little late to the thread, but I grew up in Woodbury and frequented Grey Cloud as a teen. Never really saw anything but I would describe as paranormal, but I wholeheartedly believe that the KKK camp exists. On a summer weeknight around midnight, I drove down there with a friend. It was his first time going there, and I was a Grey Cloud veteran at that point. We decided to drive to the camp just to check it out. For those who don't know, the street leading to the camp is a, like, three-mile road surrounded by forests and some houses. The amount of traffic on this street seemingly should be negligible. Usually when driving down this road, you see very few of any cars passing by. However, on this particular night, there were easily 20 to 30 cars that passed us going down the road towards the camp. As we got past the last curve and the camp became visible, we saw more cars leaving the camp. We decided to turn around in a driveway before the camp and went back the other way. On the way back, a car tailgated us pretty hard, but didn't follow us on the turn towards St. Paul Park. Anyways, I thought it was pretty strange that there were so many cars leaving the supposed Bible camp at midnight on a weeknight. The camp itself is very culty, is a very culty sect of Christianity, and the camp is seemingly unnecessarily intimidating for being a Bible camp. Do not enter signs, tall fences, beware of dog sign, and the camp buildings themselves are several hundred yards away from the end of the street. I've always thought something was up there. Other experiences I've had with the island mostly include cops. Don't drive there with anything illegal on you. Huh. Sounds like a creepy little Bible camp then. Exactly. Hidden off and random associations, random um, groups of cars associating, you know, just at the camp and congregating mm-hmm. and doing stuff. Um, I'm going to read this comment from Poop Loser. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usernames are fun. Also, poop is spelled with two zeros, and in loser, the E is a three. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. The person I knew who has heard about it grew up near the area and knew about the ghost pickup truck, and of course swears he saw it, and also knew about the racist groups, which I didn't believe until one morning fishing a small... Uh, John Boat flew by and two guys with red suspenders aboard looked at me and did the Hitler salute thing and yelled, White power, brother! Keep the line pure! Oh, no. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Is it? Well, also, they said brothers. I hope that's not Kevin. Oh, oh no. Please don't be Kevin. No, Kevin, please don't be Kevin. It seems seems like too much of a connection. Please don't be Kevin. (laughs) Oh, no. Kevin, no. Uh, That was shocking and very embarrassing since 20 feet away was three younger Asian guys. Oh, I'm white. Like, what do you do when you, when you just look, you just like, you just look at them yeah. and they look at you and you're like, I, just shake your head. Like, no, just, mm-mm, no, mm. no. Do like the, the cutthroat gesture is like, nope, uh-uh, not, no, uh-uh. no. thumbs down or, or as fast as you can, like look at those guys in the boat and just go, boo, I, what can I, I'm stuck yeah. just, or just hang your head in shame or just say, sorry, even though it's not, you didn't do it. Sorry. I, yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's like, fuck, fuck me. This sucks. I have not done any exploring really since the locals are not the nicest when it comes to that. Yet the ones I've met fishing are really nice and talkative, except the ones that Nazis salute you. Anyways, seems to be common knowledge around (laughs) the area that the locals do not like the ghost hunter people and don't want their small island messed with, which I can understand. Lol. I have seen lots of weird activity where people just park near the fishing area, which I guess is a small parking area, and they sit in their cars. You know, they're doing fishing stuff. Mm-hmm. People pass out in trucks, just kind of hanging out. Yep. All right. Moving on. And then Dirty Dancing 27. I've been there quite a few times and almost always something strange happens. Nothing ex- unexplainable, but just odd and unexpected. I always like bringing girls out there to do the get scared and hook up thing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. What's oh, this guy's name again? Is this Poop Loser? No. Th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Now, this is Dirty Dance in 27. I wish it was Poop oh, Loser. Yeah. <laughs> poop Loser. <laughs> Fuck, fucking Poop Loser. I can't get over it. <laughs> oh. Well, so he enjoyed that, you know, bringing out girls to get scared and hook up thing. Till one time, cops pulled me over with guns drawn as I was leaving. In my mind, I thought they knew what we did and were overreacting, but apparently there were reports of gunshots likely due to night poaching. So once they explained why they re- reacted the way they did, I understood. It actually worked to my advantage because the girl was so freaked out. Again, we went back to my <laughs> parents' house. <laughs> uh huh. And I snuck her in and she stayed the night. Dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. <laughs> Ah, uh, the religious summer camp isn't that creepy to me because I knew a girl whose younger brother went there one summer. So I went with to drop him off and kind of walked around the place. Seemed pretty normal. Creepy location, but normal activities. The graveyard is creepy. It's a graveyard. And you already <clears throat> you already feel like you're not supposed to be there. So that adds to the element of fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I think I read recently that someone crashed into the railroad bridge and died. So that will likely be added to the, some of the lore. What a flippant way to throw that in there. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this. Tragedy. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, and this man, this man ran into a bridge. Maybe they'll talk about it. Oh, my God. All right, well, we've a lot of these um, comments mentioned that camp, right? The creepy camp that could either be like some weird Christian sect or like the KKK hangout, you know? Yeah. Well, 
Little Spitfire Eleven would like to clarify some matters about this camp, okay? All right. Okay. I literally made an account to respond to this. Hi. I grew up Pentecostal. Simply Christian. I also grew up going to Camp Galilee, the quote KKK camp. I can happily inform everyone we are not the KKK, just Pentecostals. When you see so many cars leaving, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. When you see so many cars leaving, you probably caught us during family, senior, or junior camp. Three camps that go on throughout the year and go for a week. We have bonfires, basketball and baseball courts. We have church every night, even weekdays. And sometimes church gets a little long. And hey, we like to go to the occasional, uh, well, we like to go to the concession stands. Wow, occasional? Good job, brain. And hey, we like to go to the concession stands and get ice cream after. Sue us for staying late. Please, if you ever see us all there, you're welcome to join church. Mm, okay. I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. But good thank, to know you're not the KKK. Thank you for the offer. I do appreciate the winding road to get someone to say that we are not the KKK. All right. All right. This is a, this is a shorter comment from Mike KM. Mike Kilometer? Kilometer Mike? Who knows? I grew up in Cottage Grove. Used to hang out on Grey Cloud Island. A lot of that stuff is hyped up. I graduated with some guys that were known racists that had ties to the area, but it was just two brothers. I went ghost hunting there with some friends 18 years ago and peed on the dirt road by the haunted cemetery. Nothing happened. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Very fun. I mean, why would just peeing on a dirt road do anything? Hey, guys, watch this. What? Ah, uh, nothing happened. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Cool. I really don't. I really Good job. Don't. I really don't get it. All right, so this last account comes from um, Joshua Mills, a public Facebook post. Then when you search Grey Cloud, it just comes up. So I'm sure when people look up Grey Cloud Island, they get to read about uh, Joshua Mills' little encounter. And he writes out a whole story. It's, you know, we're not going to, I'm going to pick out the, um, the oddities from it because he, like, tells a whole, you know, a whole narrative here. Basically, him and his uh, uh, girlfriend were going to do something. And but they found out Grey Cloud Island is spooky, so they decided, you know, never mind going to the zoo. We're going on a spooky adventure, which of course I wholeheartedly support this decision. You know what I mean? I'm all I'm always up for this kind of a journey. Yeah. All right. So like you know, he's driving there. They go to the GPS. They drive to the um. They drive to the island. Um, they see all these farmhouses, barns, and stuff. Everything's boarded up. Um, there's not much going on. Um, they drove by a Great Cloud Island Town Hall. Um, you know, again, just a lot of buildings. It's kind of creepy. You know, it's a cloudy day. All right, so then the GPS eventually told him to turn onto a dirt road. But this road seemed to be more of like a private, you know, someone's like personal driveway. Um, and there was a sign that said, you know, no trespassing, private property. But he also noticed then that there was a large motion-activated camera that sat on top of the signpost. And he looked at the lens, and it's like blinking light, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. like we mentioned before, I mean, somebody's fuck, even with, the, even with the drone, somebody's always watching. Yeah, so he decided not to go down that road and decided to explore a different part of the island. 
So he looks at the satellite map uh, on his phone, and he's trying to find the cemetery. So they go driving down the road, but there were locked gates in front of it. And there were several, like, spaced-out driveways that led in the direction of the cemetery. But all you could see is, like, woods, overgrown stuff, um, the occasional house. Basically, it's just, like, a heavily wooded area. A lot of things are overgrown. Mm-hmm. But then, eventually, they came across a family doing yard work. And one of the girl, like a, one of the little girls, they had like two Great Danes. That's cool to mention. So they got these two big ass dogs with them. Family, you know, wife, kids. Uh, and one of the little girls says, "People, people, Daddy, people, don't you see?" Then of course that gets Dad's attention. So then Dad um, has Mother quickly. You know, the children get summoned away, and then um, our main characters decide uh, to talk to this man because he's looking for the cemetery. Hey, man, sorry to bother you like this, but we're trying to find out how to get into Grey Cloud Island Cemetery. Would you happen to know where the public entrance is? Um, actually, yeah, it looks like his, his, um, his lady did the asking. So she's asking nice. And then this guy, like, stared into their souls, and he's like, what? And then, like, he leaned into us a little, and then they had the conversation again. And then he's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. And then somebody, then our main characters were, isn't there supposed to be a cemetery near here? The guy's like, nah, not that I know of. So, <laughs> clearly not wanting them to deal with the cemetery whatsoever. Right. So they keep on driving. They're going around, and then they were they were basically, you know, a lot of signs saying "Don't go here, don't go there." So they decide that, you know, they obviously acknowledge that if you're not from this island, and of course it's a small island, so they know if you're here, from here or not. Especially if you're asking for directions, they don't want to deal with you. Right, so he's, they take some pictures to make sure the trip isn't wasted. And then they see a pickup truck with a man, maybe in his late 60s, has pulled up to his girlfriend and him. And they stopped about five feet from our main characters. Mm-hmm. Can I help you guys with something? And then he, you know, he's got a, he's got a nice, thick Minnesotan accent, clearly a local. And, like, he was kind of acting intense. And then, like, the couple responds, like, yeah, we were looking for the cemetery. And why? Do you have any relation buried there? And, like, no, we don't. But we were just hoping to have a look. And, like, and then they explain, like, yeah, I got my master's in American history. And the whole island has a lot of historical significance. It's interesting. And we just want to have a look. Mm-hmm. I know it does. Look. There have been a lot of people who just come out here looking for ghosts, and we don't want any of that kind of crap here. They like, try to be defensive. No, we're just exploring and whatever. And then, then he thought, uh, he sighed and said, follow me. And then, uh, of course, they followed this man, and he, um, I'm trying to condense this, bear with me. All right, so they follow this man into the, uh, to the entrance to the cemetery. All right, this is the entrance. And then he points at the roadblock to the gate. Um, just go around the gate. Don't worry. Won't nobody give you any trouble. Just don't go off this property here. All the rest of his private property. And then he says, make sure when you're back there, say hi to my mother, my father, two of my brothers, and more neighbors than I can count, okay? It's a lot okay. of people back there. A lot of people back yeah. there. Our author believes this was a way of him kind of telling us to be in, in a, a nice way to be like, you know, be in your best behavior because, again, people are watching you. Like, you're always mm-hmm. being watched on this island. So they go for a walk into the uh, the cemetery to do, you know, have their creepy little adventure. 
But then as they walk away, the man looks at his, uh, the man they just met looks at his uh, girlfriend, our main character. He looks uh, head to toe in the mirror. Then he has like a, this is a quote, a sick smile on his face. He goes, wow, you sure are a colorful young lady. Hmm. Our main character goes on to say that she's 5'11", dark olive skin with black hair, and has large colorful tattoo pieces on her body. So, yeah, they just think he's being friendly. But I'd say, and kind of weird, but yeah, he's being a creepy fucker right now, and he probably should just not do that. So if he was, in my opinion, if he was being nice and like just somewhat trusting but being your best behavior, now he's like, you know, being old man creep because he's like in his 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, an overall not great experience talking to that creepy man, which seems to be the common trend on Grey Cloud Island. Somebody is always watching you. There's creepy stuff around almost every corner. And if you're by yourself, I mean, if you're by yourself, a local is going to come up to you. So honestly, like, or a drone, fucking this drone shit, that's fucking, that might have been the scariest yeah, thing I read about. That's weird. Yeah. Just to come down and then if, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we are reading stories uh, from the internet. And I mean, that is what it is. But if we believe that story, just for the sake of fun and, you know, discussion, the drone, yeah. the walkie-talkie lady. Like, this whole island is on lockdown. Yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, right? So, I mean, whatever is going on on Grey Cloud Island, it has definitely captured people's imaginations. And certainly pissed off the locals. Now, the island has been... Uh, has um. The island has become so notorious in supernatural circles that Sam Raimi chose Grey Cloud Island as the focus for his Minnesota episode of the Quibi series, 50 States of Fright. Have you heard of this? Evidently, there's he, Sam Raimi has many shorts about all 50 states. I don't know what Quibi states. is. Well, I think it's dead now, but it was like a streaming service or like, where like little shows were like two minutes long. Like it was a bunch of like, basically like, they were trying to do like TV shows for people with like short attention spans. So every episode was like only a few minutes or like, you know what I mean? Not a long chunk of time. But I'm pretty sure the experiment failed because I think Quibi is dead. But um, okay, now, that that does kind of ring a bell now. And does that sound yeah. familiar? Yeah, I think it was like something that was like horribly run and just miserable, from what I recall. Yeah. So just something that um was a colossal failure. But I'm sure I can watch these episodes on other on places YouTube on the internet. Yeah, on YouTube, yeah. I didn't look too much into that. I wanted to... Uh, I was at a place today, but the place got busy, so I couldn't watch the uh, episodes that I would have liked to have watched. But I look forward to right. watching them in the future, and everyone else should probably check those out too because, I mean, who doesn't like Sam Raimi? I mean, come on. I like Sam Raimi. I like Sam Raimi too. But uh, yeah, so in conclusion, that's just the story of one creepy place in Minnesota, uh, Grey Cloud Island, where, you know, people watch you from behind the veil, and the veil just might be people's houses because they're using cameras and drones and special agents with walkie-talkies to just spy on you if you come into their territory. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Right? Seems to be common, too. And like, like on the island, not, you know, common in general, but like all those stories kind of have that intertwined together. Yeah, it's kind of one of those creepy places that, I mean, without the internet, who knows if a place like that would even get the attention, you know what I mean? Because it's some small place, middle of nowhere, only 300 people live there. Outside of a few, like, anecdotes here and there, I doubt many people would even know about it. 
I know I wouldn't, but that's true for a lot of things at this point. Yeah. Yep. Huh. But yeah. Great cloud. Great that's cloud. My f- first I've ever heard of it. Right? Yeah, I was looking um that journey began because I was looking at um, you know, I'm like Midwest haunted stuff that, you know, and then like what have it what don't I know about yet? And I was like, um, oh, haven't dealt with Minnesota. And this was a consistent topic in any like haunted Minnesota type listing. So I figured well, yeah, let's get yeah. into it. Huh. And I mean, if we're doing a giant loop of the Midwest, we just got a huge westward point. I mean, counting the places, you know, counting Big Sur, California, which is way out there. But like locally, like so right by, I mean, it's right by St. Paul, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of cool. Kind of neat. Definitely spooky. It is spooky. It's a different kind of spooky. Isn't also, it, though? It's a similar, but also different. Well, it's got that, like, modern twinge you have to all it. The, you have all the haunting stuff, but then you have the weird surveillance state type shit. Right. That is just, I mean, that already kind of creeps me out quite a bit. Yeah, so imagine so to a see place. see even with, more places. Right. A place with only 300 people living there. And then no businesses, no nothing, and just cameras and, dr- I mean, the fucking drones. You know, they're, huh. uh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Very much so. But yeah, if um, if anybody has been to Greg Cloud Island, let us know at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, mm-hmm. the Facebook, send us a message. Tell us about your creepy adventure. Or if you're a local and all of that is horse shit, I would love to know that as well. Because yes. until, I, until I can go talk to Kevin, I won't know for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Fucking scared, brother! <laughs> all right kevin all right kev okay yeah all right all right brother yeah but yeah oh and of course if you we love all of our loyal patreon subscribers if you love us support us on the patreon got a bunch of different tiers and options for you so support in any way that you can yeah different goodies on there for you absolutely and above all else Stay spooky. Stay spooky.